honey. Like 10 minutes sooner, I wouldn't have had to move everything inside. Oh, I'm sorry. It's it was wet. It's actually what? All our stuff is wet because it was on the patio when it started raining. Okay. Love you. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to sell everything and travel the country at the tender age of 50? Well, with our last kid off to college and the ability to now work remotely, we've decided to do just that. So we're selling the house, loading up the dog, and hitting every city from California to Florida. We're scouring the country for a new place to call home and dragging you into every restaurant, Airbnb, and tourist trap we encounter along the way. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. So welcome back, All-Stars. Uh, we are excited to do this episode. Well, let's just say I'm really excited to do this episode because I have been wanting to do this episode for probably the last month. Yep. Um, I've mentioned it to James and it's a little, uh, it deviates a little differently from our episodes in the past. You won't notice a difference, but he and I are doing something a little bit different. Um, normally when we do an episode, we kind of talk about the episode beforehand. Um, because when you visit a place, you sometimes can miss, uh, fun facts about it or cool things or total misses. And you want to talk about that, or, you know, he and I want to talk about that. So sometimes we'll even do like, we'll scratch little notes about like the episode, like, oh, do you remember this? And we have those notes with us just so we don't miss it. Sometimes we don't even like hit everything on our notes, but we like to have a little rundown on the show of uh, what we want to, what we want to discuss. This show's different because he and I um, don't have a rundown. Basically what the show is about is what we have learned on the road. And that means what I've learned while traveling and what he's learned. And, and collectively we may come up with the same things that we've learned, but this show, I didn't want to know what he learned and I didn't want him to know what I learned on the road. I kind of wanted it to be a surprise for both of us. No spoiler alerts for either of us. Nope. No spoiler alert. So whatever you hear from me will be the first time he's hearing it. And whatever I hear from him will be the first time I'm hearing it. Yep. Let's do it. All right. So one thing I learned about being on the road is this. You need a place to live in order to have car insurance. Oh, you already blew one of mine. Are you serious? Yeah, I picked that one out. Yeah. I said I said insurance companies do not like nomads. Oh, no, they don't. So while we were on the road... Um, and I'm just going to talk about our insurance company, which is Mercury Insurance. Um, we had our home and our car insured with um, with them. So we had both policies tied together. Um, we got separate bills, but supposedly got a discount. Who knows? It was astronomical. I don't we think didn't. we ever got a discount. No. But on the road, I had decided that it was probably time. It had been two weeks since the sale of our house that I should cancel my homeowner's insurance. And when I did that, it caused nothing but problems for our car insurance. Um, we did sell two of our cars. So when I was canceling my homeowner's insurance, I did want to cancel the insurance for the two cars that we no longer owned. Um, we ran into major problems because <laughs> it's it's so complicated. Well, guess what? You can't also rent a car if you don't have car insurance. So we're in a rental car and we have car insurance on three cars, two that were sold in the sale of our house 
and one car that our daughter has in Utah that we, I think, at that point weren't on. It was just she was on that insurance through Mercury. So right then as I'm driving with James and he's in the driver's seat, my insurance company wants to cancel our car insurance because we don't have a car, which makes sense because we didn't have a car. We had one car that was had my daughter's name on it um, and they wanted to cancel her because that car wasn't housed at our house anymore because we didn't have a home. So then I said, okay, fine. I'll give you my girlfriend's address. Yeah. Carly, by the way, I was going to give them your address. I don't, (laughs) you have no idea I was going to do that. And then she said, but you're not living there. And she was right because she asked me where I had moved to. And I told her we didn't have a home. Yeah. We moved somewhere between uh, Seattle and Florida. Yeah. She didn't like that. She wanted an actual like concrete address. Yeah. So here's what I learned. We're in the learned. middle of Zion right now. That's where we live. Yeah. So here's what I learned. Um, don't call any insurance companies if you're traveling. Uh, it will cause nothing but problems. But as I say that to you, you kind of have to know the rules because, okay, let's say, let's say I lied to the insurance company and told them I lived with Carly and Mike and that James and I lived with Carly and Mike. When I rented my car, and I showed them an insurance card that was actually a false insurance card, meaning that insurance card was linked to my home that I no longer owned. And I was lying because I wasn't with Carly and Mike living at their house. Um, If I had gotten to an accident in my rental car, that insurance I signed up for would have been null and void because my insurance card wasn't accurate. If okay. I showed them, yeah, I see what you're saying. Because at that point, I hadn't even—they haven't even asked me if I wanted additional insurance. They don't ask you that until you're about to step inside the car. Then they pull that like whole, "Do you want to pay extra yeah. for this insurance?" Bumper to bumper, blah blah blah. So the first thing they ask you is, "Are you in? Do you have? Do you have car insurance? Do you understand? Like, it just doesn't yeah. matter because they would have found totally. out that we really weren't at Carly and to Mike's. even get to the process of." Getting the keys to the car, you had to prove that you had your own insurance. And it's fine. At an address where you live. Right. Because I could have shown them an insurance card that has an address that I no longer live. But you know, if there were an accident, they would have found that information out because they would have, because insurance companies never want to pay. Yeah. Never. Doesn't matter. Like you could get plowed down by a bus and they're still not going to pay your hospital bills. They're horrendous. Yeah. And uh, side note, uh, you know, we use Anytime Mailbox for our business address. And it's a great virtual mailbox setup. However, it did not give us the coverage that we needed oh, for yeah. our insurance company. No, so she I gave asked, them, is I this gave a physical them. address? And yeah. I said, and I, yes, it's I a physical address. I said, it's a physical address. address. And then she immediately looked up that address on the phone and said, no, it's not. It's a mailbox. And I was like, how did she do that? And she's like, I Googled it. I literally go, what are you talking about? She goes, I just Googled it. She goes, it's yeah. a mailbox place. Okay, so I did give them an address. In California, yeah, on where Burbank my corporation Boulevard. still exists. Yeah. And so then that woman just like schooled me on the phone immediately and said, Yeah, this is not a physical address. They and were then, just looking for any reason. Yeah. And to then James, dump us of course, was like super pissed at me. But I was like, There's nothing I can do. Like, I seriously called just to cancel our homeowner's insurance. And I got railed by this woman who just. I was pissed at you? Why was I pissed at you? Oh, you got super sassy with me in the car. You're like, why would you tell her? Sassy. You go, why I would you voice. tell her? Like, da 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 da. And I was like, I'm on the phone with this woman. You can't lie to the insurance company. Like, you can, but it won't benefit you. So, yeah. So, it, you have to have a home in order to have car insurance because your car needs to be housed somewhere. Which seems counterintuitive. And you need 
car insurance to rent a car. So all of this to say Mercury has been calling me every 20 days to cancel me and I won't answer the phone. So now they started calling James. (laughs) (laughs) They did. They emailed me the other day. So the way I ended that conversation with the insurance woman was, okay, put me on my daughter's car in Utah. That was how I ended it. And then um, she was hesitant, but did it. And then kept saying to me, we're going to cancel you as soon as your policy's up. Oh, yeah. I got a letter in the mail. Like, January, we're done. Yeah. So we have, like, three, four weeks to figure something out. And she kept calling me. I've had, like, so many messages on my phone from this woman, um, Kathy at Mercury, who who wants to know if I I own a home yet and if we have a car and blah, blah, blah. And what – it's just – it's been a mess. So all of that to say, uh, car insurance. You need a house to have car insurance, and you need car insurance to rent a car. And you need to hide from Kathy. Yep. All right. So the second thing I learned while being on the road is that um, UPS will not ship alcohol for you, but you can hide a gun in their facility. Oh, my God. You took another one of mine. Are you kidding me? Okay, go ahead. No, you're going to tell this story. All right. So... I'll lead you in. No, you, it's you your need story. to make the broader point. It's so your story. Okay. Uh, first off, we went to Second Sight Spirits in Covington. I'm sorry, Ludlow, Kentucky, down the street from Covington, Kentucky. Thank you, Bert, and thank you, Karis, and thank you, Jenna, everybody, for uh, introducing us to Second Sight. The problem with Second Sight was is that you can't just order a bunch of stuff for your friends and have it shipped from Kentucky to California, Utah, wherever. Um, so you found that out right away. You asked Karis at Second Sight Distillery about seven times. <laughs> Can I mail this? Can, Can you, you mail, mail this? this? Can, Can I you mail do this, this for me? Can you yeah. just say? How it's about like if we br- put it in a package? How uh-huh. about if we put it yeah. in a piece of yeah. car? How about if we put it in luggage? So uh-huh. yeah. Um, The crime committed by Denise Uh was shipping bourbon from second shipping bourbon from Kentucky. No, in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I brought to Los Angeles. Yes, so I brought I brought the alcohol. I brought the bourbon, a few bottles, um, from Kentucky to Oklahoma, and then I decided it was on a plane. I'm going to ship it from Oklahoma to um, Los Angeles. Um, Okay, so. Third thing I learned while being on the road, Oklahoma has a problem with people shipping weed out of their state. Weed. I learned that while being on the road, and this is how I learned it. I got busted at one UPS station for my alcohol. So she saw me packing it up, and I didn't know you can't ship alcohol. (laughs) I remember this morning. And she was like, "Uh uh-uh, you can't ship that. And I said, why can't I? She goes, it's illegal to ship alcohol. And I was like, all right, give me some bubble wrap. And she goes, no, it's still illegal to ship alcohol. You cannot ship it. I go, I'm buying bubble wrap. Okay, fine. I'm going to I'm gonna bring it on the plane with me, which we all knew we weren't flying. Everyone, James and I, we were not flying. We you not know, flying. if you've been listening to this podcast, we were not flying. We were on our way to Little Rock. Yeah. So I said, just give me some bubble wrap. So as I'm walking out the door, the lady at the Oklahoma UPS is yelling out to me, you can't ship that. And I'm like, all right, see ya. I hop in the car and I go a mile down the road to the other UPS, right? So yep. I wrap it up. I have it all ready to go. So when I get to the UPS, nobody is seeing these bottles of alcohol. They asked me a hundred questions about this package. 
they wanted to know what was in it and they wanted specifics. So when she lifted it, there's no way she would have known it was alcohol. But when she lifted it and there was a little weight to it, she said, what's in here? And I, and she goes, is there this, you know, the whole, like, is there lithium? Is it blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, no, no. And she goes, okay, what's in it? And I said, baking supplies. <laughs> and she said, what? I said, you want to know specifics about the baking supplies? She goes, yep, I want to know what's in it. And I said, a book, some measuring cups, uh, a book. A mixer. I'm you know, if they a, x-rayed that thing, they would just be like, They don't. No. We already researched it. I know. We researched it before we before we even, before we did something but else. Even if she shook the package, she would be like, that's not a spatula. Nope. It's fine. It, was, it wasn't even moving. So, um, yeah. So, I had to think of heavy things that would make this box this weight. So, I got in the car and I said to James, I don't understand what is going on. Like, I've never been to a UPS in Los Angeles where they ask a hundred questions. They literally take the box and my money and that's it. Like in a zip code. Okay. Like I've never been to a UPS where she wanted specifics. Then I find out Oklahoma has a weed problem with people shipping weed in the mail. Yep. And that is why she was asking me a hundred questions. She was trying to trip me up, but I know my baking supplies and I know what it takes to bake a marijuana cake. brownies. So I wasn't, you were fine. Yeah. So I know what it takes to bake a cake and I know it takes a mixer, a, a cookbook. I know it takes some measuring cups. All of that would equal the weight of a couple bourbon bottles. <laughs> but you were actually anticipating getting confirmation that those bottles actually arrived in Los Angeles, right? There was a period of three or four days where you were like, I hope they make it. I hope they make it right. A little bit. I mean, I knew they wouldn't x-ray them. So I had, I was pretty confident that they would make it. Okay. Um, but, uh, so, uh, yeah, so there are just two things right now that I listed in a row that I learned while being on the road. One is that you cannot ship alcohol to, um, you cannot interstate. ship alcohol. You cannot, you're not allowed to ship it inter and two, interstate. Oklahoma has a weed problem, but, but going back to the second one, which is UPS, they won't UPS. ship alcohol, but you can hide a gun at their shipping facility. Oh, okay. Here we go. Um, let me start out by saying you cannot take a weapon over the border of Canada. We learned that. And if you're in Seattle, at least in our case, I could not find anybody to securely store our firearm between Seattle and the border of Canada. Oh, so did we miss that? Um, we've mentioned that we did have a gun with us. Yeah, we've talked in the past about how, despite being a Democrat, I'm actually a gun owner. Two. Yeah. And uh, we decided on our trip that we weren't going to take the shotgun. But, That's too big. But we were going to take the 22 pistol. Mm -hmm. um, and and if for no other reason, it was just for essential protection to flee we didn't know where we were going to end up on the road. Uh, I think in the end we were Look, probably we're driving across country. Like you we know were, what, whatever. Like I'm, I, I, I have no qualms about saying that we wanted to be protected if anything were to happen. That's that simple. Yeah, but in the end, we and it it ended up being just a piece of luggage that we moved around everywhere we oh went. Oh my god, that we never ever. It was like had my makeup cause. bag. I'm like, do you have my makeup bag? Do you have the gun? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so we never had to, uh, thankfully, we never had to use it. It's one of those things where it's like, when you need one, you need one. And when you don't, it's just kind of an accessory, I guess. So, uh, And then we found out that, you know, it was really exciting to go to Canada from Seattle just a few hours. But guess what? Yep. You cannot cross the border. Well, it was funny because uh, going back to that episode and that whole trip, uh, I surprised you that morning. Oh, yeah. And then after I surprised you and you were getting ready, I surprised myself by remembering that we have a 22 in the car that I can't take across an international border. So uh, that would be problematic. I had to start calling around. I called various police stations. Uh, I went to a website that told me, hey, uh, you know, these people will store your gun for a fee. And I was like, great, this is perfect. And every place that I called, they were like, no, no, no. There was a guy that called, <laughs> there was a guy at a gun shop that I called. James he, got so bent out of shape by this like old a, man. Oh, oh my gosh. He was in our hotel room talking to him and literally was like, <gasps> yeah. Uh, Tell the guy, us the story I about called the up man. and I said, Hey, uh, so I'm looking to store a firearm for a few days. Do you guys have any sort of storage facility that I can use? And he was like, no, 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 we don't do that. Nobody does that. And he started like going off on me. And when it he was a trigger, when he got through it, what it sounded like, like all the old guys I knew in Ohio that just yelled at you for any reason. When, uh, he was finished, I said to him, okay, well, um, guess what? I'm a grown man and you don't need to talk to anybody like that. And he was like, oh, you know, and I hung up on him. <laughs> I was like, he didn't store your gun. He didn't store my gun. And he made you mad. He did make me mad. Anyway, uh, it was one of those things where uh, now all of a sudden it was like uh, we were really pressed because we wanted to leave. We wanted to get there in a certain amount of time. And Ultimately, I did. I was able to find a luggage storage service. I won't mention their name because I don't want them to get mad at me. But uh, if you're in a major city, there are places that will store your luggage for you. So if you, I just said it was UPS. No, no, it wasn't a UPS. It was at a UPS facility, but that was not the the app that I used. Oh, so they find you a place that will hold your luggage. Um. Ultimately, uh, I packed a small suitcase full of clothing and the 22. <laughs> and I and took, took it, it to UPS. Yeah. And um, it was kind of a thing, really. Uh, we we dropped it off and I we couldn't find a lock. Remember, we couldn't find a luggage that lock. That was awesome. In the city of Seattle. Yeah. Near the convention center. He could not find a luggage lock. So he's bringing, a lugg- he's bringing his luggage there yep. with some clothes and a 22. And they gave me a zip tie, but the zip tie they gave me did not fit through the eyelets on the luggage. So I was struggling with it forever. And I finally just said, hey, you know what? Take the bag. I'm good. And so we went on to Canada. We came back. Uh, we got through customs on the way back. So we got through customs going to Canada in 20 minutes. Yeah. We got through customs coming back to the United States in about three hours. So or two and a half hours. Yep. Uh, pretty, so then that's pretty accurate. That that is the same as custom in the airport or customs in your car. Yep. It is two to three hours. So that's, welcome to America. That sums up the uh, system, I guess. Um, yeah, it's consistent. Yeah, it is. So, uh, you know, uh, cut to us racing all the way back to Seattle because I was afraid that 
my expiration was that night. I was supposed to pick it up by closing that How night. How many days did you did they give you? 48 or- hours. So I didn't want them just throwing my luggage out the next morning or opening it up or doing something, you know, sending it on to some other facility or something like that. I didn't want to wake up at 7 a.m. We had plans with Ellie, I think, the next day. And so long story short, uh, I raced all the way there. I called them. We were about two miles away and they said, no, we're closed. You already missed it. And I decided like a maniac that I was just going to drive up to this UPS store and see if anybody was still there and rattle the doors and see if I can get my luggage back. Uh, We pulled up and I pulled open the door while these two girls were just sort of chatting it out at the end of their shift. And they looked at me like, you're interrupting our alone time. And you were, and you were, because it was 7.05 and they closed at seven, but they forgot to lock the door. They forgot to lock the door. Um, so I got my gun back. The downside was I lost my headphones in that same moment. So yeah, he was in such a big rush that the headphones were, I think on his lap and he jumped out of the car. They were in the little pit on the side of the car door. And I just, when I jumped out, I kicked him out. Yep. That's what happened. So So $300 down the drain, literally. I got the 22 (laughs) back and I lost a $300 set of headphones. So Mm -hmm. good times. And And the sidebar is you can carry a weapon with you in most states of our country. Just don't try and leave our country. um, Okay. So I have another one. And that one is you can't do 53 in a 40. Oh my gosh. Come on. So James has a problem with speed. He always has. I don't. All right. It's not a problem. You just get tickets a lot. <laughs> and you got one doing 53 and a 40. Yeah. I was a little over the limit. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, we we both learned that I was on my, um, you know, on my phone in the passenger seat. And, you know, we both learned that, yeah, cops don't really want you to do 53 and, and a 40. 40. Yeah. So, um, I also learned that sometimes the best barbecue joints are inside a gas station. That's a good one. Yeah. That happened. I forget the name. Joe's. Slovacek's Joe's. Joe's. On my hat right now. If you're watching the YouTube. Slovacek's amazing. Um, Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Bucky's. Bucky's. Pretty decent barbecue. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Don't poo poo gas station barbecue because it could be the best barbecue you've ever had. I would say still stay away from gas station sushi. (laughs) it's a good tip hey listeners are you traveling a bunch and tired of slogging to the post office to deal with your snail mail maybe you're looking to keep your small business mail from going to your home so you can look more professional or you're possibly looking to just raise your profile with an address in the most desirable part of the city whatever the case Anytime Mailbox is a service app that allows you to have your mail delivered to a virtual mailbox and so much more. In the Anytime Mailbox app, you can choose to scan, recycle, shred, or even forward your mail, or perhaps even get that check you've been waiting on deposited directly into your bank account, even if you're halfway across the world. Head on over to skiptownallstars.com forward slash anytime and learn how a few hundred bucks a year can give you the peace of mind when dealing with all your red tape and snail mail needs. That's skiptownallstars.com forward slash anytime. Now on with the show. Um, 
Okay. So those are a few because I have a, such a long list, but those are the few of mine. Tell me some of yours. Okay. Well, my first one is mine. I actually waxed philosophical on a lot of these, but my first one is if you're relocating, um, especially the way we did it, where we had no special destination, not everyone is happy for you. Um, we had a lot of support from a lot of friends. We had some people who were sad that we were leaving, but I could tell in some of the reactions before we even left LA, a lot of people thought we were idiots for doing what we were about to do. Yeah, because you know, you, in any situation, you always reflect on how it is in your life, like how it reflects on you or how you feel about it or how you would handle the situation. So we're doing something kind of unconventional and it makes people very uneasy who are doing something very conventional. Yeah. Uh, so I think that off the beaten path thing really sort of raises a lot of people's awareness to think that maybe we are intellectually stunted in some way, shape They're or form. probably right. We are financially uh, irresponsible when it comes to the legacy that we're going to leave behind for oh, our children. Oh, they definitely think that. There's yeah. no question about it. They think we're, they think our that kids our have kids actually be, brought oh, yeah, that our, up. I think our kids think they're, we're going to leave them penniless. Yeah. yeah. They said, mentioned it more than once. Yeah. They said, so our inheritance, like what's going on? And I just, <laughs> all know. of them have said that. Yeah. But if anything, it's a lesson to them that we are taking the bull by the horns finally in our lives. Like I, I just, for me personally, it's weird because I felt like not just that I wanted to do it, but I deserved it for being in a little box all those years in Hollywood or in, you know, various offices around the LA region, um, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, sitting in my car an hour each way. Uh, I feel like I had given up so much mobility uh, just because I wanted to do what I did for a living. And when everybody could start working remotely, I just felt like, frankly, I was entitled to it. I had already cut my teeth all those years. Well, what I've learned is not everybody's happy that you're leaving LA. I think that is accurate. I think, again, it's a reflection on their staying back yeah. and your life is changing. And anytime I think you have a friend or a family member whose life changes, and a move is a big change. Um, I always say there's like three really big points of your life. It's a birth, a death, and a wedding. Um, I think a move can be number four. I think so. I think it's pretty pretty big. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. It makes everyone around you say like, should I move? Like, why are they moving? Like, what's better? Are we missing something or are they crazy? Yeah, it's weird because you make this decision for yourself and it's a major life decision. But for whatever reason, a lot of people see it as, you know, they, they're they viewing themselves through a mirror. When you say, I'm doing X, Y, Z, they instantly hold up a mirror to themselves and say, could I do that? Or why would I want to do that? Or that's crazy that they would want to do that, you know? That's um, a really good observation, the mirror thing. Yeah. yeah that is, I mean, I, I, you know, like, look, I agree. I said, like, it makes people reflect on what what their choices are in their lives. But you're right. It really is like they hold up a mirror because it's so funny people will immediately give you their opinion about it. Yeah. And we didn't ask. Yeah. And if you go back to our first couple episodes, I mean, we made it a point to say, 
we lived in LA for 26 years. Like we don't hate everything about this city. Mm -hmm. Like there are plenty of things that we like and that we'll miss and all that stuff. And I think some of that, some of those first couple episodes was derivative of some of the reactions that we got from people Yeah, when we were sitting and talking with them, you know, and however accepting, I guess, for lack of a better word, they were with our decision to leave. So what do you think your perception on, let's put in a percentage like percentage of people that were happy when you told them, percentage of people that weren't, just your percent, your seventy happy, thirty not. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I even had coworkers, and you know, I kind of get it. Like, okay, so this go, this is going to go into my second point. Um, but I did have you know coworkers that were like, "Why would you leave? Like, where are you going to go? You're going to end up in some, you know." some podunk state or town or whatever, um, red state, blue state, you're going to end up somewhere else. Uh, totally unlike where you're living now. Like, why would you leave here with all of its problems? It's still, California is still viewed as like this sort of Mecca or, you know, it really is the golden state, it's you know, where people aspire. A lot of people aspire to yeah. not everyone, but a lot of people like they dream of, moving. you know, the dream of moving Especially to California. In my industry. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's right. the place, especially in your industry. If you want to be right. here, if 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 you want to be in this business, you should be in L.A. Mm-hmm. Maybe New York, right? Maybe Chicago, um, but L.A. is where it's at yeah. for for sure. I mean, for for production, yeah. a, a majority of it. But I think um, okay. So this goes into my second point, though, and I think some of that thirty percent was based off of the fact that I work in a very diverse environment. And there are plenty of Asians, black folks, Mexicans, you name it, whatever nationality other than white boy like me, other than it's straight up gringo, uh, that would never move to a Idaho city or that would never move to, um, you know, somewhere outside of Salt Lake, like, like, like rural Utah or something like that, you know? Um, and I think in, and so the other thing that I learned on the road was, I figured it out maybe by our third or fourth state that because we're white, we just have this built-in thing where we can just pick up and go wherever we want. And if you're a black man with young kids, you may not be so inclined to go to some of the states that we've visited, you know? Um, yeah, I had um, a listener ask me, a uh, listener and also a friend, Nicole, ask me, she actually sent me a message and said... Is it dangerous? Because she's white. Uh, She's on a lot of Facebook groups. She's a mom. She's on African-American Facebook groups, too, with with other moms. And she did ask me, she goes, is it really true that it's dangerous for black people to travel across the country? Would you recommend it? And I had to text her back and say, I would never recommend it. Like, I think there are probably a few it's areas where, to say that, you know, that we've been true. through where you're right. And even, you know, when I was in LA, there was a coffee shop near the one office where I worked and, um, it was an Asian guy who owned the coffee shop and just, we got to talking one morning and I mentioned that Parker was going to Boise state and he was like, Idaho, you're going to Idaho to visit her. Like I would never go there. I could never go there. And it was really funny to me because it was like Boise is you know, kind of a melting pot in the middle yeah, of a red it's a sea, little town. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but it's a campus town. It is. So there are yeah. plenty of Asian kids, plenty sure. of black kids, mm-hmm. plenty of, you know, um, you Mexican know, LBTQ, kids, yeah, you name gays, it, you know, right, it's like exactly, totally. inside Boise, it's fine. It's a bubble. Everything's, yeah. you know, whatever. But, um, just the fact that this guy was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to Idaho. It like made me think. And, um, at that time, but then being out on the road, it's like, I've all, I've actually noticed it in some of our social media interactions, uh, people of color or, uh, of a particular, like, um, uh, you know, sexual affiliation or whatever are inclined, more inclined, frankly, to like the posts that, happen in blue states rather than red states a little bit yeah like there are people that come out of the woodwork and say hey oh my gosh this is so great you're doing that um but they wouldn't do it for texas you know uh like Hmm. i didn't i didn't have a lot of feedback on certain posts or whatever in texas and i'm not huge on social media so um but just my you know um your observation like a little bit of feedback here and there like i know there was probably like you know when we started out, I had the really good camera and I shot some video of Idaho city, the lake. I keep coming back to that because it was like, I felt like that particular trailer landed with a thud Mm. because nobody was interested in Idaho city. They were like, there's no damn way I'm going up into the mountains of Idaho. And you know, yeah, I guess unless like you're white and you're a man, cause I'm like, what woman would I do I even know that would want to live in Idaho City? I mean, I didn't. But if I guess you're a certain demographic, like you like the mountains, you like the outdoors. Yeah. I mean, there are of course certain women that would like that, but it's really a very, I think, male based type of lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lot of hiking, hunting, mm-hmm. skiing, yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um they don't call it mountain man for nothing. <laughs> They don't. <laughs> I could have totally lived there. But you totally could have. You're you weren't going to live there with me. There wasn't a grocery store close enough. No, there so. was not. Um, but anyway, that's just something I've learned kind of in our travels, you know. Um, that you can't be black I, and I, travel I, across the country. You can. It's dangerous. You know? It's dangerous. But I think that, you know, there's a little bit of remorse there for me that certain people would not be as inclined to do what we've done. Oh, for and sure. It's just because of the way the world is and mm-hmm. the way our country is mm-hmm. specifically. No, it goes back to, and we've talked about this, like built in white privilege that you don't realize you have as yeah. a white person until you're experiencing it. You really don't yeah. realize it. Like, like I said this to you, like there are people I've talked to about before we left that I was like, oh, we're going to travel across the country. And there are people of color that I've said this to that just looked at me because they, their idea of traveling across the country is not the same yeah. as you and I. Like For them, it could be risky. Oh, for sure. Even in a city like Seattle, where it's like, I take my piece of luggage in and I got a 22 in there. If they would have cracked that open, then I would have been in trouble. Oh, mm-hmm. But if I were a black man... I would have been in a lot more trouble, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Right. Even yeah. though, even if I was a registered owner, yeah, for so, sure. So for sure. So we know. we have that white privilege luxury that uh, we inherently can exercise and not even realize we're exercising it just by getting in a car and driving across the country. Yeah, and I think it's important to just note that it's like as our trip went on, I realized like not everybody 
everybody can do it, but not everybody's going to feel comfortable doing it. You know? Oh, for sure. And I, I particularly don't think everyone should do it. I, I don't yeah, think. I don't. Sin. I don't. I mean, look. If you are now we're getting off topic again. But if you are black and you get pulled over for a traffic violation in a city like Los Angeles, and it is uh, could be a life and death situation over a broken taillight, can you imagine? traveling across the country in the middle of nowhere and getting pulled over a 53 and a 40 in Oklahoma probably would have resulted in a something else ticket. I got a ticket, but the cop was cool. And he basically said, I'm going to give you 50 in a 40 instead of 53. So that way you don't get points on your license. I but think- let's be honest about it. if you were a black man, one, he would have made you get out of the car Two, Like he would have like probably had you put like your hands I don't, on. The I car. don't want to generalize, but I, you know, when he told me, you know, my hands were on 10 and two. And then he said, okay, you can put your hands down. It's cool or whatever. Like I like, I want to think that this particular cop, he just, I don't know my vibe from him. Um, he, I don't think he would have frisked a black man. Like he didn't give me that vibe at all. Maybe it's different because I'm white, but my, my theory is he would have definitely gotten the ticket where it would have gone on his license and he would have been treated differently. Definitely. Okay. I think it would have been more different than what you think just from everything I've read and seen and know. Maybe, but I mean, I don't know. Um, so to go back, like I wouldn't tell anybody of color to travel across the country. I think it's too risky. That's my thoughts. I don't really feel like we have to tell people of color or any specific ethnicity to do it or not to do it. I think it's ingrained in them. Like, don't do that. You know? No, I know. So, but I just am saying like, I, oh, no, I, no, I think I it's, know. I think it, I think it can be dangerous. That's all. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree. I don't um, know. I don't ever hear any black people say I'm taking a road trip across country. I don't really ever hear that. <laughs> like, Anyway, so that's my number two. Um, So my number three is New Mexico is neck and neck for the poorest state in the nation. I did not really ever consider that. But because of the Indian reservations, the immigrant population, since it is right on our country's border, and um, just, uh, you know, general, I guess, apathy when it comes to the economy. Um, the people in charge are in charge. The people who are not in charge kind of don't care. And, uh, so what you get is a ton of undereducated children year in, year out. Um, yeah, I was really surprised that it was the, one of the poorest, what's, what is the poorest state? I'm pretty sure it's actually New Mexico. The other one would be, I think Mississippi. Oh yes. that, That was it. Um, yeah. When we found out that stat about New Mexico, we were both in shock. It was tough to digest because we love Santa Fe so much. Although I knew that, you know, you have to fly into Albuquerque, which is only two some hours away. Uh, Everything goes through Albuquerque in terms of shopping. And, you know, if you really want to go to the great outlet malls and all that stuff, you got to go. I don't think Albuquerque is two hours away. Is it? I think it is two or three. It's within three hours. Can I see? I just want to, I just, I need to know. But, um, it was. I thought it was an hour. Well, oh, maybe it's less than. Um, while you're looking, uh, I, I just it was weird because the land really was enchanting. Like, there's a reason they call it the land of enchantment. Um, but to see that sort of poverty around the outskirts of Santa Fe, hour, hour and two minutes, hour and two. Okay, I stand corrected. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see that sort of abject poverty everywhere outside of the the municipal area uh, was 
sort of difficult. And the fact that it was stagnated for generations, you know. Um, yeah, that was that was really like very hard to wrap your head around because you're in this beautiful state where you see money available. Uh, people are making money, but then it's generation of and generation of families um, not. Um, so moving on to the next one, I would say uh, the one thing that I did not anticipate was that making a podcast while on the road is a tremendous amount of work for you. Yep. For me, um, we, you know, you guys never, ever see it, but we have to edit out every time the dog wants a drink of water <laughs> in the middle of it. Uh, there are times where it's like roll tape and we're starting and we're going and I'm like, you know, halfway into an episode and I'm like, this is great. This is rolling. I'm not going to have to edit that much. And just for whatever reason, it always becomes a little bit of work uh, toward the end. So, um, but lugging the gear back and forth, the YouTube channel, which we appreciate and we're, I, I still am in disbelief that people want to watch <laughs> us. Like, I can't believe, look at me. I can't believe you're watching me right now, you know, um, know, but funny. I'm grateful. I just, I never, did you ever expect that? No. In fact, um, when we first did our very first podcast in LA and we did it just as a test, I mean, we didn't even tell our kids about it. We yeah. told zero people about it. Um, we just did it as a test. It was an idea from a friend and we did it as a test and um, we just shot it on cameras because we had them and James was like well what the heck I have the cameras yeah uh let's shoot it with these cameras there's good audio on the cameras that's like you know whatever I don't know the technical yeah, stuff bad. but he was like let's sure. let's use the cameras so then we did the first episode with a camera and then we thought okay so we'll do the second episode because we, we had the cameras so why not just whatever let because it was part one and part two so yeah. the, so we're like let's do the second episode part two with yeah. the cameras then the third and fourth episodes, we like just chuck the cameras. Like we were like, okay, well, we're not going to really use the cameras. But then what started happening was that, because it's a podcast. Yeah. So then people would text us or send us messages and say, do you have a YouTube channel? And we did have a YouTube channel. Yeah. But we just had it in case. Like yeah, we, we just, just thought doing, like, we, 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 just, throw did, some, we like, just did an image and some waveform. Yeah. You know. And then we thought, well, maybe we'll throw some images up on the YouTube or some videos of our travels or something yeah. like, but then people started asking. So then I said to him, I just, I'm, so, I'm still in disbelief. I know. I said, we have to start recording this because people are asking if we have a YouTube yeah. channel. And he was like, are you serious? Yeah. And I was like, I'm dead serious. He's like, who wants to look at us? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, the genesis of, you know, trying to use those cameras in the second Salt Lake episode. I mean, I just like my camera bag is so heavy, you know, and know. taking that up six flights or whatever. I've actually taken photos of our setup. So if you're interested to see what the setup looks like, you can check back in the Instagram feed. I have, I do post photos of what the setup looks like and I'll do it again. I'll do it for this one just so you can see it. But you know, we have lots of lights. There are three yeah. cameras with three big tripods, um, two microphones, as you can see. 
um, it's a lot of work. So take that coupled with the weight of everything. I mean, yeah, and doing it like every, while we were on the road, it's going to get better next year because <laughs> you we'll think? Tell I me say how. that. I don't know. How is it going to get I better? I mean, it's not going to get any, like, we'll be bouncing from place to place less because, you know, uh, fun fact, I actually start work tomorrow. I'm like back, like, you know, I kicked it and had a couple beers earlier the, today because it's sort of my last day of freedom before I go back to a job, a job job. Um, and so but you have been working while we've been podcasting too. Yeah. I mean, I had the Magnolia show and I did flooring for our house. No, but so. you, besides Magnolia, wasn't there another show you were working no, on? No, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just, it's been mostly the pod. So, um, you know, but, uh, I think, you know, lugging the stuff, it, it, like you didn't realize how I, hard I did not realize because we were bouncing around like every four days and and obviously you can't leave this stuff in the van overnight no you're you an cannot. idiot if you do that so uh so it was like whether or not we were actually shooting something I still had to bring all the gear into the I house helped you I know and into the hotel or the Airbnb or whatever of course you did the hotel but, was horrible because you have to go up like yeah. flights of stairs or um, sometimes an elevator and you had to wait with all the gear. And it just- I remember Vancouver specifically where it was like, we had that stupid little dolly with three wheels. I had wow. all the gear and all our luggage on it. And the dog was like leading it. Like she was a reindeer tied to it with the uh, leash, but Good times. Uh, but anyway, I didn't realize how much work it was going to be like y- y'all wanted video and that's cool. Uh, I can say I can like, if we, so if our normal episode is like an hour 15 or an hour long uh, and it was just audio, it would take me about an hour 15 to cut the episode, you know, whereas with video, it takes me about three hours to get Denise's beautiful sm- face smiling, her reactions when I say something stupid. It's like we try and bounce back and forth. It's just all like I'm not bitching about the process at all. It's like it's great that we have people that actually want to engage with us and see us talking. Um, I'm just saying it's an extra wrinkle that like I learned this on the road that it's a lot of work to pull that off when you're in a particular place, three days here, four days there. So I'm looking forward to actually working remotely. The whole thrust of this podcast was for us to kind of tell people like, oh, we're going to Savannah in January. We'll be there for a month and we're going to dig into every little nook and cranny we can find and really flesh out a place like Savannah, you know, um, while we're working and still do the podcast. So uh, the real Skip Town experience is coming. Trust me. Um, Which is what we've been doing, I thought. Well, we've been just, I don't know. I think we were like hippies for the last couple of months. We were just like road tripping and we like this place and we like that place, but it's actually going to be a real like work live experience in these cities now. Okay. Um, You don't think? I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I thought this whole time that's, it just feels like less of a road trip coming up. Oh, got it. You know what I mean? Like the road trip was like, oh, we did glamping in Zion, but two days later we're in Sedona. We threw in some things that we wanted to see, but we weren't working. Like neither of us were were, still looking like we were screwing off. We were totally screwing off all over the country. Uh, But we were still looking like, could we live here? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, I guess you're right. It's like finding our next hometown is the thrust of the podcast. Uh, I'm just saying we will you know, spend actual time in cities. So our trips are going to be longer is what you're saying. Our trips are going to be longer and hopefully I'll be lugging the equipment around a little bit less. less. Yeah. Yeah. We have to like scale down. I mean, I, 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 from what I've been 
researching and hearing there were actual podcast studios in certain cities where we could rent them oh yeah but then no one would see this beautiful background i know i know and like because everywhere we go it's always a different background a so plant. yeah right there my background's not so beautiful today it's just um, a gray wall yeah but usually like when we shoot it it's like always in a different location so i don't know if people get like yeah. oh i don't want to see a studio i want to continue to see a location so i don't know we'll oh, we see. get comments though we get messages where they're like oh this is good especially because it's an old episode like they knew where we were and what we were wearing on a particular set really like, yeah there was oh, there, there so have been funny. one or two comments where they're like oh this is a throwback episode but it's still poignant or something like i'm paraphrasing obviously well, we but, haven't done a throwback episode yet at all but there were a couple episodes like we did um traveling with your partner in sedona yeah. and people knew when that podcast oh, dropped oh okay that, that was an old episode th- we like shot that while se. we were in yeah. sedona and yeah. we aired it though we like actually dropped it like month later yeah, so at least yes, a month because it's right because the, the and people location were like, oh this is great even yeah, though it's you guys, still you know yeah, okay i'm sure some people were like are they still traveling well together and all that other stuff um we are but anyway we are um so sometimes yeah. Well, that's okay. So that's going to be, uh, that's my next one. So All right. I realized, uh, traveling that we talked about Bert Stewart earlier. And when I interviewed Bert Stewart, the very first interview I did with him on zoom, he had a comment that totally went past me at that point, but he just said, I've been looking to retire since I was five years old. Right, mm-hmm. something like that. Was that was my quote that I had for him on yeah. Facebook because I thought that was the most brilliant quote. Like, wow. Yeah, and so I missed it at the time. It was a perfect time to insert a joke or a response or something, and it just like it went past me. I think because I was so nervous. It was our first interview, um, but I wish I could be more like that, and I'm not always like that. Um, there were a couple moments on the road, uh, even in Mexico where, um, frankly, I was just a little uptight and uh, not enjoying everything the way I should have been enjoying it and reflecting back on it. Um, I think it, you know, it's like managing the family, managing the podcast. I think if I am not mindful that it's easy for me to go into this headspace where it's like, oh, this is all too much. This is all too much. This is all too much for me. Instead of enjoying the process, it's easy for me to not take things day by day, you know? And if I zoom out and start looking at the big picture, I've noticed, especially while we're traveling a couple of times, um, that I, uh, you know, start thinking about big picture issues. It's as if the people back in LA who thought I was an idiot, for doing this are speaking to me. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, there's just no other way to say it. And I'm like, I have these moments where I'm like, uh, I can't say that I'm having, um, like, I don't feel like I'm faking it or anything like that, but I do have moments where I feel like, uh, am I being the best steward right now for the legacy for our family and all that stuff? And so, you know, you know, I get uptight about stuff like that. And, Um, it's, it's weird to me. I think it's just the nature of like growing up poor and not wanting to be poor again. You know, um, it, there are financial reasons that I get uptight. There are, 
um, logistical reasons that I get uptight and, uh, it's weird. It's like, uh, the, the few times where it's erupted, I, um, I look back on that and I'm like, what the hell's the problem? Like you're out, your kids are like grown and successful. Like they're off on their own lives and you know, you've got a lovely wife and I just, I get like, you know, I just, I get a little in my head. It's weird. No, you've always been like that. I mean, (laughs) it's true. Oh my God. I've said it to you that you stand in the way of your own success and your own happiness and your own fun. Mm, I don't really stand in the way of my own success. Like that's a driver for me. I don't feel like I stand in the way of my own success, Okay, but so I do stand in the way of my own happiness sometimes. I'll give you that. He and I come from completely two separate places um, with the way we were raised. Um, his family always struggled financially. Mine did not. So when it's funny, I just said success and he, you interpret that as money. I, I do not interpret that as money. I, for me, when I said success, like you stand in the way of your own success. Um, I mean like life success, like what you find fulfilling. Uh, because like, I remember when I owned a business, someone said to me, what do you think? What, what do you consider success? And I said, having a receptionist. I never once said making $200,000 a year or having a Range Rover like that to me, wasn't it's it's never about money for me but that's because i was raised with money i never had a problem like somebody asked me the other day so did you have like a privileged life and my brother said my brother said something he said something like i don't know like he didn't say we had a privileged life because he didn't think so we you had guys were fine yeah he said something we were like fine that. and i would say that that that's a good answer like we never needed anything but your lifestyle was completely different. So I, when I say like that, you've always been like that, like how you are, like you described yourself perfectly. Um, I don't know. Like I've seen it on the road, obviously. Um, I don't know how to help you. I mean, because we've talked, I mean, like I know talking to you doesn't help. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that like in the most kindest way, but like I've been with you long enough to know that a therapy session from me isn't going to work out as problems. So I don't do that anymore. Um, But I do feel bad that you struggle with yourself because it really is a struggle with you. And there's nothing I can say. Uh, You know how I live my life. I literally live it day by day. And this is something that we And you've always been that person. And that's been great. Like I don't, well, first off, I don't think it's- I don't think it's a wife or husband's job to fix whatever. No, but it is very helpful to have a partner that you can. I'm just happy you understand me talk and to how my head and works. that like, but I think it's a shame sometimes that, you know, it happened that this is your, and this is a constant struggle for you. I mean, this is not like, this is not just something on the road, but I think you've probably seen it. I think also editing the show, you see it also probably when you're editing the show and like, my guess is, is how you are interpreting what you see on the cameras and what you hear in your headphones when you're editing yourself. Maybe. My guess is like you probably hear some of that. Um, I don't know. That's well, I mean, the thing I mean, is. I feel badly because I don't struggle with the same thing you do, but I'm sure there are people who are going to say right now, well, you're not the breadwinner. But I always made really good money. You do. You still, I mean, you could, you've always been able to flip a switch and just, you know. Um, 
make it happen. I mean, there was a period of time back in the late 2000 or like early 2000s or whatever, where I was ill and you just figured it out. Like I was down for three months and you were able to keep the house over the roof over our head and all that other stuff. So that's like, I'm fortunate. I have a partner, uh, you know, who can do that. That's never been in it. So whoever says, Oh, well, you're not the breadwinner obviously doesn't know how much you can make in cosmetics in America. I mean, there've been days where Denise has worked half the time as me and made, you know, I, I'm, you know, twice as much. It so, is true. Um, literally I've, come home like yeah like four when hours you're rolling you're rolling double what he and made it's like, in one day i mean i was looking, still working i was looking forward to you being my sugar mama back in la if we, if we had not sold the house but, but i do wonder it goes back to the breadwinner thing because you have oh, no matter how much money i make um he's always made more than me uh because I have devoted myself to the family. And that's just the truth. Like if he wanted to devote himself to the family, I would have made more than him. So, um, you know, my day ends at a certain time. It always did. And then I'd be with the family. So where my income stops, his would continue. So he has always made more than me. Um, so I wonder if some of this stems from that though. Like you have these worries because in your head, you're like, I have to still feed this family. I still, yeah, I'm the I was provider. just going to say, so, so I think that's, there's some of that and that's fair. I mean, that's absolutely fair. Well, you brought it up earlier where you said, you know, I don't like success to me is, you know, having a receptionist. I don't say I need to make 200,000 or whatever. I don't say that either. Uh, mine is not about material or having a great car or, you know, like I want a huge house. I'm not going to lie. Like I want, I want to be able to play my guitar as loud as I freaking want, you know, and nobody's going to say a, a peep because, you know, the next neighbor is like, you know, two, two, three acres away, you know, like I want that. Um, it's, it's a security thing growing up where I grew up. Like I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio in the seventies. I've seen my dad standing, like I saw my dad basically buckle when he had to stand in a cheese line to get us food. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I saw workers get locked out on black Monday, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, almost a hundred thousand workers, whatever it was. Um, because all of their jobs were immediately shipped overseas, you know? And so I do, I'm getting better about it, but I'm not, the, I'm not 100% there yet. Um, but one thing that's made me feel better about it is that all our girls are off doing their thing. And it was like, like in many ways, they're wind-up toys where it's like you and I invested as much knowledge and bullshit that we can put inside them. We wound them up and they're out there walking, you know, and they're all like, they have their ups, they have their downs, just like normal human beings, but they're all like chasing their dreams and chasing their goals. And they're going to, they're all going to be successful in their own rights, whatever it is they choose. So that's great. Uh, And that helps me. But I just come from an environment where you're always waiting for the other shoe to fall and it's never a good shoe, you know? So that, that part is a little difficult. Like there were, I'm not going to lie. There were times when we were on the road where I said, like, I had moments where I'm like, you don't deserve this. Like, like, what's, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? Like this is, so for me, it's never about things or material things. It's about security you know, and am I making the most secure decision for my children, for my wife? Like, you know, 
hopefully it's a long time in the future, but you know, you never know how life works out. And it's just like, I, you know, this, like even this, uh, house that we have here in Florida now, it's like, it's great to know that like you're taken care of if anything ever happens to me, you know? And, um, like you have a rent or I'm sorry, a mortgage on this place where it's like, if you wanted to be here, for the rest of your life, you can cover that mortgage until the, the thing's paid off. Like you totally make enough money to like, you could totally, you're set, you know? And so, um, it, this goes into the next thing I learned on the road. And that is I need to find a new purpose. Like I have kids off to college and I have, you know, a wife who is, has put in her work and is, you know, now living, enjoying her life, living next to her brother and all that. Um, I need to find my thing and I haven't Aww. figured that out. Okay. You know? Oh, I love you. <laughs> Aww. So, well, I think but that- I don't know what that is. Like, I've always wanted to teach. I've always, like, I think I would be a good coach. I know, but this goes back to, Stuff like I that. think that you stand in the way of like you. And I've said Maybe. this, like, yeah. what is it that you want to do? Like, I don't know. I I think to myself like, here's well, I want to be in a rock and roll band, but I don't think that's going to happen for me at this point no, in my life. I like, there's I, certain dreams you got to let go. There's certain dreams you got to let go. Let it go. Um, but I think that we're like able. You and I are both physically able-bodied. Okay, yeah. we have that going for us. Like that's number one. Secondly, we're both smart. Like we both know how to make money. Um, we're both hard workers. And you know, you don't have to be college educated to be like an entrepreneur or, Absolutely to, be, or not. to be I totally agree with or that. to be like creative and crafty and like make a good living. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy so, in LA right now with four plumbing trucks that's making twice the money that I ever okay, made. Okay. So figure out, I mean, I've said this over and over again. If you have the means, then you should be able to do it. And you know, look, we sold our house, we've been traveling, but you're still working. You've still been bringing in an income. So we do have like the means for you to like figure out what your purpose is. We've had this discussion and it's like, for some reason you're scared to do it. And I just, I feel like, I feel like I'm too young to totally relax and feel retired because I'm not retired. Okay. You know? Um, so it's not like I'm just kicked back and go golfing every morning. Uh, here's the thing. Do you want to do that? Do you want no. to retire? No. Okay. So you already know you don't want to retire. I'm not ready. Okay. So you already know that you don't want to retire and you're not ready. Okay. So then the next thing is, is like, what do you want to do? What do, what, do, what do you enjoy? If you like to teach, then go teach, figure out a way to go teach. Yeah. Something. I mean, I need to figure out what it is. It just. Is it go back to, the does first... it go back to though? You don't feel like you deserve this second thing. Like you don't deserve um, to be something new. It's weird. I mean, honestly, you can be new it's like, any day. let's look at 2022 and just everything. Like it's still not over as a year. It's December, the beginning of yeah, December. Okay. There've been so many things that this family has done or been through. We've been to, I know it's true. we counted like 16 different States, three different countries. And yeah, three different we went countries. to Dubai earlier we this year we before we ever took a road trip, you know? And um, so do you need a minute? Probably. It's just, I, again, and it's like, I've talked about this with, uh, one particular friend, my friend, Paul, who's super insightful. And it's just the brain cannot handle 
when things are open-ended. Like if you zoom out and think about the big picture and what your life means or what you're going to be doing five years from now, it's great that people, you know, make their five-year plan or whatever. And that's- I never made a five-year plan. Me neither. I was horrible at that. But um, uh, it's great that people can do that. But everybody knows it's like so much shit goes off the rails between year one and year five. And you could still end up where you wanted to be divorced, remarried for three kids. Like, are you kidding totally, me? Totally. Yeah, I think but, that's so stupid. I know. But I, all I'm saying is those don't work. So the, your friend Paul no, was no. saying that that doesn't work. That's what he was saying. Yeah. He's like, he's like, stop zooming out. Just be in the moment. And oh, that's honey. super difficult for me. Oh, I cannot honey. do that. Like I'm totally like, Okay. You've never been able to be in the moment. You've never. I've been with you for I'm always on to the next thing. years. I'm you always like, okay, never, check that off. Now let's do this. You can't even watch a movie without being on your phone. You can't even be in the moment then. Oh, no. I mean, look, I finished the flooring in the other bedroom the other day, and immediately I was like, okay, I'm going to take like a six-hour break, and then I'm going to put the TVs up, you know? <laughs> and so it's like I got to get TVs in every room. Okay, so here's how I live my life. I look around, and I see all possibilities all the time. Like, I really you do. You do. Like I yeah. think like, ooh, I could start a bathing suit store. Ooh, I can start a tennis shoe store. I see all possibilities. Do you not think you're worthy of those possibilities? Do you ever see possibilities or just see work? Because you've always been a worker bee, like a worker bee. So do you ever see anything? Oh, I do. I mention business ideas to you all the time. Like this would be great. Okay. The difference between mentioning it and actually like doing it. Like our tow it, truck company. Okay. Right. But that's, a, that's the just- all gay that's just tow talk. truck company. Yeah. The all gay tow truck company. I know. Let's just talk. But could you do it? Like, we can all talk. Like, do you feel like- What do you feel? Um, It's- I don't know. It's just- it's It's all cloudy at the moment. You know? It's all cloudy. I don't know where I want to, like, I have so many possibilities right now. I don't know which one to seize upon. And that's really where I am at the moment. That's, that's the God's honest truth. And so being on the road has made that, that's your mirror. It's weird. Is that your mirror? Has the road been your mirror? It A bit, but it's weird because between the podcast and traveling and like, oh, we need to book this place. And like, that gave me something to do. So being on the road was actually the best thing for me, you know? It was like I had all these little like, oh, you know, three hours to this place, four hours to that place, like all that stuff. Like I had targets. I have no target right now. You know, it's like other than we're going to L.A. for the holidays and we're going to hang with the kids and that's fine. Like holidays, I can like unplug and you need a project like you need. I do like the flooring, like the this, the that, like everything, you know, that I've done around. Like if I don't have. It's weird. I feel functionless if I don't have some sort of thing to set my sights on, you know? And I really am fucking terrible at, <laughs> at relaxing, you know? You are terrible at I'm relaxing, really bad sure. at it. That's why we got the timeshare. <laughs> I know. I know. I thought about that. And like when you talked about that in the last episode or whenever that yeah, was. Yeah, it was last episode. Yeah. Um, I was like, damn, she forced me to like take time off, you know, and it was, it was like forced vacation. It was twice a week. Or tw- I'm sorry. Two twice weeks a year. A- yeah. Two weeks out of the year. Um, and it was great. I mean, I look back on all those trips and it's like etched in my memory, you know, um, I, I we went on so many trips that I forget 
who came with us on which trip, That's like true. which year was which year. I know I took my niece and nephew one year. You took your niece and nephew, yeah. you know, like all that stuff. But um, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, I I can't say I learned that about myself on the road. But since we landed here and started re Well, you did have that listed as one of the things you've learned on the road. Yeah, yeah. But I mean- did I always know it? I guess it just has it like fully revealed itself now. It fully revealed itself on the yeah, road. Yeah. So I think it's a thing I need to work on. And um, I apologize for the times I was testy because of it. <laughs> I really okay. am sorry. You know, sorry. it's um, okay. All the listeners get to see, you know, us and jokey and funny and they, they, they don't get to see the times where I'm just a complete asshole. And so I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's okay. It's, it's like right. every, like, I think there were probably episodes where they're like, oh, he's so hunky dory, you know? And it's like, they don't know me at all. Right. Well, we, what's the saying? Like, you don't really know the person because you don't live with them. Right. So, you know, I mean, look, I'm, I was going to say I've probably been a nightmare on the road, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um no I no mean, you I've weren't had, you, I've you had absolutely moments, weren't sure. it's weird because it was like i mean it was it was like okay so this is so stupid but we were riding in the golf cart the other day and i put my arm around you and you started laughing so hard <laughs> and it's so stupid but it was like that's how i felt the entire time you and i were on the road together i'm just like i'm out here with my girl and my dog and everything's cool you know and it's like life is good and then we got here and it was a little bit like adulting had to happen you know uh, a little bit and yeah. that was like a kick in the nuts but um you know i feel uh i don't know it's it's so funny because it's like if i ever write a book it's going to be called house money because i feel like I'm just playing with house money at this point in my life. Like, like where I grew up and where I came from, nobody would expect, you know, to have this sort of um, journey that I've had, you know? I know. I get it. It's like even working or whatever. I like, get it. Yeah. even though I felt like, oh, I got to drive to work and sit in traffic and do. You were very successful and you still are. But, like, you are a successful editor. Thank and you. It's true. But. You know, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, meanwhile, it's like I probably have a second cousin or something somewhere who's showing up to the same factory day in and day out, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's like it's funny, though, is ignorance think bliss? I know it's this whole like, do we think you deserve it thing? Like, I but you um, worked very hard. Nothing was handed to you. I guarantee there are like, you know, like there's a Mexican fisherman out there somewhere who's loving life, even though he's doing oh, the same damn right. thing every yeah, day. You're absolutely right. That whole parable. Yeah. And it's like, I. You've got to love your life. I do when I stop and think about it, you know, but um, it's weird. It's like, why do I jump to the next thing? You know, it's not even, it's not even, it's not like bright shiny object it's just like okay check that off the list now it's time to do this you know and that's kind of who i am you know um i gotta work on that i don't know i'm just like that's why when you ask me point blank like are you ready to retire or like you done or whatever it's like hell no like no like what would i do do. you still have a lot that you want to do i do have a lot that i want to do okay a lot with this podcast 
a lot with our travels and, you know, looking at properties, you know, visiting friends, new and old all over the country. We have Iowa city that we want to tackle at some point with, you know, Nikki and Robert. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a city we want to go visit. We want to go back to Covington with Bird and Jenna. Yes. They send us updates all the time about what's happening. I'm like, wow, we are missing such a good time. And Parker's, you know, I mean, at some point, you know, Parker's like, Hey, have you ever been in Knoxville? Like I hear it's pretty cool. I'm like, as a matter of fact, we (laughs) We have, have. you know, so um, so are you going to be less sassy on the road? I just want to apologize for what I've done. Can I just stop there? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to make oh, any so promises. No promises. Yeah, I don't want to make any no promises. Okay, so you're like, just apologizing, but it could happen again, is what you're saying. Okay, but at least I'm aware of it now. And oh, right. and the That's other thing is, right you know, I feel like. Like I was, you know, a little like handle this or do this or do that, you know, and I was a little hard on you. And I think one thing that I've definitely learned on the road, this is, I know my list is probably like twice as long as yours at this point. It's okay. But I feel like um, you uh, are probably like, I like I haven't considered it up until like maybe the last week or two, but I feel like when it comes to errands or menial tasks or... Um, you know, uh, paperwork or whatever. I feel like you're probably like, I haven't always realized that you're the type of person that likes to have a partner when you're doing that kind of stuff. And I haven't always been open to that. So I'm going to work on that. (laughs) That's really nice. Um, okay. You know what I mean? It's like, cause I can tell you, uh, just, you know, since the last meltdown, um, I, I feel like you doing you and me doing me on certain things isn't really working for me. So really? Yeah. It's, um, Why? okay. So we're just gonna do a backstory really quick and this is getting <laughs> really off topic, but James and I had a huge fight in Mexico city and we didn't talk for probably 24 hours and we were no longer going to do the podcast. And he was going to take a flight back to Florida from Mexico City. And he was looking up flights. And I told him I'd help him pack his bags and (laughs) find him a cab. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was pretty bad. So um, we decided that to make things easier on both of us, we would each have our own tasks. And we would no longer ask the other person for help. So... um, you know, I felt like that for 20 years of our relationship, I, I did everything actually more than that. Like I, I did everything. And, and that's because he worked so much, even though I own my own business too, but whatever the case may be, when the trip started, I was actually really, really happy to have a partner again. Like, that's how I felt like, Oh my God, I don't have to do everything. Um, like he can do half the work now. Like, cause I was doing, I felt like 80%. Um, but what happened is that it's kind of unfair is that like, I did make him do half the work, which meant like, you know, he had to do half the Airbnb bookings. He had to do, you know, half of maybe like the grocery shopping we're on the road or I don't know, whatever it was, I made him do half of it. I was no longer the go-to person because I took myself out of the equation. Um, I was always the go-to person. I mean, there are trips and he could attest to this where he literally showed up and I handed him a passport and told him where we were going. 
That's true. And he did nothing with money. He did nothing with money exchanges on trips. He did nothing with hotel reservations. He did nothing with the activities that we booked. He knew nothing about dinner reservations. I would hand him an itinerary. And anyone who's been on a trip with us knows I love itineraries. So <laughs> I would do. hand everyone an itinerary. No, and you're right. So, there are plenty of trips where it's like I just showed up and threw the kids around the ocean or the pool or whatever. And, you know, for a week. somebody has to do all the work to get you there. And I think I just made everyone's life very easy by doing that. And if you're running a household, you're the one doing it too, whether you're male or female. So um, I was just really happy when like we started this road trip that I could finally have a partner to do things with. But it became too overwhelming for him. And in Mexico City, he really had had it with me um, because I just wasn't taking the bull by the horns anymore because I felt like I didn't have to. Like I had a person that was with me. Why do I always have to be the one to go to the ATM and get the money? Why do I always have to be the one to like argue with the concierge because our room isn't right? Um, anyway, so then after he wanted to leave and go back to Florida, I was like, fine. Um, and then he stayed. And then 24 hours later, we talked and I just said, um, I just, I think it's best that like you do you and I do me. It's worked out really well for me. So I don't know why it hasn't worked out for you. <laughs> Cause you're not as like cuddly. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> I, I think you're, you know, still, I mean, you think I, I'm what? You're still a little upset about it. And you know, it's like, uh, I, I it's definitely, a different, see, it's just, I just, I wish, uh, I wish that I had known that this was how you were feeling. Cause then I would have been like, okay, she's done no, it all these years. You've complained so much on the road about you doing everything. And you've said that so many I, times. I wouldn't say so much. You, That's not a good characterization. I had, you've we, complained quite had, a bit about doing everything. We had a total of three in my experience, like but you, moments. But that's and like, Mexico City was the worst. But you hold it far. in and you felt like, and the same argument has been that you've done everything. So now I just give you, like, you do you and I do me. And that's not working for you now. I don't think it's working for you either. <laughs> you can say it is, but it's not. You know, I just, I guess I wish like we had talked about this at some point where it was like, there was just, um, a gap in communication between the two of us. Like you were like, ah, I can kick back. He's going to handle this, you know? And there came a point with me where it was like the podcast, the dog, the, the Airbnb, like the three or four week stretch on the road where it was like, I got us to Louisville. I got us back to Texas. I got us here. I got us there. You know, where finally it was like one day I was like, can you book something? Like, can you, and I was super testy, you know? And so then after that, you're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, you didn't, you know, realize that I had felt like you weren't quote unquote pulling your weight or whatever. All I'm saying is, uh, I recognize that, uh, even though certain things are a hassle and I'd rather take a brick to the head than do certain things, I would prefer to do those over us having a parallel existence on a lot of levels, you know? So are you going to... Am I apologizing? <laughs> no, I'm not even asking. No, I was actually going to ask you, so are you going to start? So what I was going to say... I'm going to stop bitching when you no. have like, hey, I need this thing. It's a PDF. Can you help me out? I'm going to stop bitching. Oh, I, I literally was just going to say, so yeah. does this mean you're going to hand in my DocuSigns? I'm going I'm <laughs> to handle your DocuSigns for the renters. Yes, I am. 
I'm going to be uh, good. I'm going to be good. Oh, my God. Okay, you've all heard it here. So, like, <laughs> you know, if this podcast is no more in a week, it's because he got mad about the DocuSign that I asked him to handle for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It did break my heart when you said you were going to quit the podcast. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, well, I can't be Skip Town All-Star, so I guess it's over. Yeah. <laughs> There's no singular. I'm still here. Uh, I appreciate it. I like I it. I know you I wanted mean, to like punch me, so you know. You know. Yeah, you did. You you were you were angry. Yeah, I probably did. <laughs> you're angry. I know you. Yeah, I. I you're I, from I, Chicago. I, you're from the South Side. I know. Yeah, so I probably did, but um, I didn't, and uh, and we we hugged it out. We did hug it out. Um. So anyway. Those are like the things I learned on the road for the most part. Do you have any others you want to include? You know, um, I do have quite a few more that I've learned on the road, but we are like well into an hour and a half. So I think I'm going to cut it off here and we could like maybe do another one. Because yeah. look, we're going to go on the road more. So there's going to be more things that we learn on the road. Um, one thing I do want to say, my final one, I did not realize a dog can go three days without pooping. <laughs> Our dog is not compatible with our travel style. Nope. Yeah. She's just totally. And for the record, when we go off in the winter, uh, we are not. I know so many people are so concerned about Roxy. Roxy's actually going to be staying in Florida with my brother and sister-in-law. So um, she's frankly happier at their house than she is ours. She actually leaves our house. She sneaks out of our house when James isn't looking. Like when he's in the garage, she will run out and go to their house. And she paws at the door. Like she like, let me in. Please let me in. Yep. She gets lavished with love oh, over at their place. Oh my gosh, she so, really is in lots of treats. Yeah. So, and, um, oh, but that brings up a good thing. So we are going to do a Florida episode coming up, and we are. Uh, stay tuned, people, for the next episode because Ron and Vicky, brother and sister-in-law at large, are going to be on the podcast, whether they know it or not. Yeah, they are going to talk about all things retirement community. Yeah. The yeah. villages. Yeah. And, you know, it should be a fun episode because uh, they uh, are so ingrained in the culture here. They are. And I'm sure they'll have a lot to say to me about my lack of willingness to retire. Because <laughs> so. <laughs> they both retired really early. They and did. so they They're keep very saying, good with their money. Yeah, they were. They were. Not and like the Gordons. Kids. Dad says there's money left. I don't know. <laughs> Still but no, left. but they um they were they retired very early and um and so they keep wanting us to like kick back and retire. But you know, we've got a lot of years in us and we've got a lot of money making years in us and uh, we love doing the podcast and we want to see where this really takes us. Yeah. So um so no retirement just yet. No retirement just yet. But in the meantime, we'll play pickleball. Pickleball and a Florida episode coming at you live. Yes. All right. Well, if you want to wrap it up, we're going to wrap it up. All right. Empty nest. Full tank. Thanks for listening to us spilling our hearts (laughs) on YouTube for all to see. Bye. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys.